there, I'm Jacob Harmon from JMH Media. Welcome to TrustCast. I am intrigued by trust. In fact, I find myself thinking about trust and building trust all the time. Our governments, economies, and even our personal lives are completely built on trust. Think about it. Trust is even at the very soul of our marketing objectives. If a customer trusts us, they're more willing to buy from us. So how do we build trust with customers at scale? Especially when we live in an increasingly digital world where consumers are less trusting than ever. On this podcast, we break through the noise and focus on the ultimate keystone metric that matters. Our primary objective, trust. Today, I had the opportunity to talk to Abby Wilson. Abby is a copywriter and website designer and developer. But what's unique about Abby is that she doesn't just create websites. She creates websites that sell, that actually convert. And she does that by doing a lot of research to understand target markets before she's actually writing any copy. We talk about marketing, we talk about copywriting, but most importantly, we talk about how to create trust through the words that we say and write. Words are incredibly powerful. And that's how our customers are going to get to know us, by either listening to the things that we say in a podcast or put in a video, or reading what we write on our website or in our social media posts. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I know that it was very enlightening for me. Thank you so much for joining me today, Abby. I'm really excited to have you on the show. I've been following you on LinkedIn, and I'm really impressed with your copywriting skills and the content that you create in that space. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. I guess the first question I have for you, if I'm not mistaken, your background is actually in like biochemistry, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did you get into marketing? See, I started out in college as a biochem major. And then one of my electives was just by accident was a web development class. Uh And I really enjoyed it. I took it just because, you know, you need to get those credits. So I took the class. I really liked it. And then I just forgot about it after the class. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in like healthcare and administration and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then after I graduated, I was working in that field, but I ended up leaving my job. Um, My husband and I had a daughter and I decided that I wanted to work from home. And as I was searching for jobs that I could do on my own, like working from home, I discovered freelancing web development. I was like, wait a minute, I took a class on web development like Uh back in college. I can certainly brush up on my skills and figure this out. So I took about a year of just like brushing up on my skills and learning about more, not so much like how to build the site, but how to make it, how to bring value to the business, to your clients through that website and through the web development. So I took some time to brush up my skills, learn that, and I started my business earlier this year and it's been going pretty well so far. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been in the web development space too and I feel like a lot of times the focus is on design, right? Oh, let's just make this pretty website. But I like how you really focus on, well, how do I make this website perform? How do I actually make it generate leads, get money, get clients? And wh- what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make in marketing or when they're making their websites today? Oh, my chicken sandwich. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think 
a few things that I see a lot. One is they really don't invest in the copywriting. Like mm-hmm. it'll be the most generic. Like you could use that same website if it could apply to any other website, any other company in that industry. You know what I mean? Like it's unique to the industry, but it's not even unique to that company. There's just no branding. And a lot of web developers, that's another thing that they forget is to infuse that website with brand and to really make it unique and to make it pop. Like what is so, okay, so you're a plumber, but what's so great about your business or like if you're a SaaS company there's thousands of you what makes you unique right so i see a lack of good copywriting a lack of brand strategy and then just a lack of like a clear path to purchase do you know what i mean like they will throw a button a call to action on there and just kind of but not think about the whole website as a whole and the last thing i would say is having those micro conversions so what a lot of websites will do is they'll have that main one call to action, like schedule a call, schedule a demo, buy, those kinds of like macro conversions, I guess you could say, but mm-hmm. they don't invest in like subscribe to my newsletter or check out my blog or you know those kinds of smaller low commitment conversions that will slowly build over time into that primary conversion that you want. So there's like the four main things that I see. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think that that's definitely an issue that's going on industry wide. And I think a lot of companies just don't have the time or the personnel to really invest in this. So where do you suggest that a company start? Like, let's say I own ABC business and I want to get started. I know my website sucks. I know my content marketing strategy sucks. I want to do something. Where do I start? What's the biggest bang for my buck? That's a great question. Honestly, I would start with the brand because with marketing agencies that have overhead, they're going to spend the time on what makes them the most money. That might not necessarily be helping you to figure out your brand. That might Mm -hmm. be a website or like bigger deliverables, even though that brand is what is going to help that website work. So I would say just get back to the basics. Like who are you as a company? Who are your customers? Definitely create customer profiles. Think about the buyer journey as a whole. And then from there, with that in hand, I would reach out to a web developer and a copywriter as well. Like make sure that their copy is also going to be well invested in because your website can look amazing. You can have even a good UX, but if the copy is weak, like if they're using generic terms, like the most innovative thought leaders in our industry, like buy, that's not really going to work. So really look at the portfolios of the copywriters that will be working on your website and make sure that that copy is unique and that it pops off the page. It doesn't, you don't want your website to sound like everyone else's in your industry. Yeah. And let's say that we're writing this copy. What does that process look like? How should we think about the copy of the website and and guide the customer through the site? So here's how I do the copy for my clients. The first thing I do, if they don't have a brand, like an overall messaging framework for the brand, then I work with them on that. Like we have a couple strategy sessions. We figure, okay, who we create customer profiles. We discuss the voice. We discuss like that primary message. What a lot of businesses lack in their message is two things. Number one, it's not clear. Number two, you're not telling people how you're going to help them survive and thrive. You have Mm -hmm. to really lock into those core desires that humans have. It can be things like 
building up your resources, saving time, building a network, building status, like just those really elementary needs that we all have as humans and really lock onto that. Mm -hmm. And so I help them get that strategy together first because another thing that you want is you want your message to be familiar across all platforms. So what I do with my brand messaging strategy is I create a framework that they can then use on other marketing deliverables. That way it helps with the brand recognition and the awareness. So once we get the foundation out of the way, then we build on that and I do this mainly by talking with their customers either in either they will already have customer interviews saved that's always great or we'll send out surveys three to four maybe five question surveys to their customers the more results that we get back the better and let me tell you something copy is not written copy is assembled interesting when i create my websites i'm telling you 70 to 80 percent of it is words that were spoken to me or written out in those surveys oh wow okay honestly you want your writing to sound like your customers you want to use their language so for example if you're a web developer and your primary target audience are SaaS companies you can drop terms like mrr or conversion rate or churn those kinds of things and it it's fine right so you want to use i know sometimes people will say you, you don't want to use jargon but honestly you want to do it in a way that make sense for your target audience, right? So you want to talk to them, see how they talk, see how they think. And then also I know with some companies, what will happen is they keep getting the same questions over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so keeping track of that, that also helps I'll look at any frequently asked questions and weave that into the copy as well. But the majority of the copy that I quote unquote write is actually spoken to me or written to me. Wow. And that's what makes it like come alive. Yeah. So it, it sounds like instead of sitting down with a Word document and just starting to write things out, the goal is talk to the customer, talk to the client, talk to the target audience and figure out what they need. And then really it's just assembling those pain points and those problems and saying, this is how we can solve that. Am, am I understanding that correctly? Yep, exactly. I yeah. talk to your client, their clients. And sometimes what will happen is if you can't talk with their clients for whatever reason like maybe it's a sensitive product you can actually look at reviews this is an interesting thing like you can look at book reviews on amazon for that kind oh, of thing wow, like okay. i was watching a case study um joanna weeb from copy hackers was doing the copy for a rehabilitation center so she couldn't as you can imagine couldn't talk to the customer so she actually went on amazon and looked at like book reviews she went on twitter on reddit like you can search through the internet and try and find unfiltered comments and things that people are saying and weave that into your copy because you just want it to sound natural you definitely want to write like you talk but not just how me i talk because i'm not the customer so that's why you always have to like do your research that's the really what sets average copywriters and great copywriters apart is how much research are they doing mm -hmm. interesting so i admit that i'm a horrible writer <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, I just like have, have never been able to write a coherent sentence that sounds really great or, <laughs> or sounds catchy. And that's kind of why I veer towards the podcast. I'd much rather talk to someone. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about podcasts as a tool for marketing or as a tool for content creation? Do you think that there's a place for that in marketing? Absolutely. I find that podcast fans are super loyal. Like if I hear 
an ad on one of my favorite podcasts, I am more inclined to check it out than if I see an ad on like a YouTube video or like, uh-huh. while I'm scrolling through LinkedIn. Like there's just that fan loyalty that's really strong with a lot of podcasts, particularly the ones, the longer you go, the more your fan base builds. So yeah, I definitely think that, and you can always reuse that content. Like you can turn it into a blog post, you can turn it into the copy on your website. Like you can do so Mm -hmm. many things with it. So I think it's a great place to start and you can definitely build your business around it. Like Sweet Fish Media, I think is what they're called. Um, You'll see them a lot on LinkedIn. James Carberry, I think is his name. And they run podcasts for B2B companies. And what they'll do is they'll, have their own podcast and they will invite their ideal customers to the podcast as guests. Yeah. And they'll just chat with them and that way they'll get to know the company, get to know the people. And through that is how they will attract their ideal client and like build their business that way. And it's really revolves around their podcast that they create. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the the benefit of that too is you're creating genuine relationships, right? One of the problems that I have with LinkedIn and Instagram and all these social networks is I feel like it's kind of taken the personal aspect out of networking. And I get pitches on LinkedIn almost every single day of someone just saying, hey, here's my service. This is what I do. Please buy from me. I'm like, I don't even know you. I have never heard of you. I've never talked to you. I have no relationship with you. And I I feel like when it comes to creating content or copy, the whole goal is to get to know the person, right? So that they can learn to trust you and like you. And they're never going to buy unless they feel like they know you. And so how do we bring that element, that trust into into copywriting or content creation? I think that is one of the helpful things of talking to your customers and to your clients Mm -hmm. because you'll get to understand their pain points if you ask the right questions you'll understand their pain points their expectations what they really love about the product and you can weave that into the copy another way that you can like build i like to say build credibility or build ethos is by having testimonials like just their actual words up there like so and so said this if you're a b2b company having the logos up there any kind of numbers, statistics, like actual quantifiable results that you've brought for your clients, definitely put that on your website or any kind of case studies. I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. It's, it can be tricky to build trust on social networks. You have to go out of your way. For me, I have really been fortunate that I've been able to build almost like a a network within my LinkedIn network. So uh-huh. generally, like if someone connects with me, I'll send a message like, hey, how did you get into the current role that you're in now? Most of them are marketers. And we started a conversation like that. So there are some people that I know who to go to if I need help with something. Like if I need help with a WordPress website, I know a guy through LinkedIn. (laughs) Like if I need like those kinds of things, if I need help with some copy or whatever it is, there's someone in my network who through conversations with them, I've gotten to know them and I can like reach out through LinkedIn to them. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you have to go out of your way. It's not the default setting on LinkedIn or any of the social media to help you really build a relationship, but you can use it to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it's worth the investment. Yeah, totally. Because relationships at the end of the day, and, and whether you're B2B or B2C and whether you're a small startup or a multi-billion dollar company, 
humans are psychological, right? Like we, we want to have some sort of affinity with a brand or a product before we're willing to buy. And if you're trying to, to sell a service as a business or a product as a business, the number one thing you need to do is think, how can I create relationships? How can I create relationships with my target audience, with my clients? Even the big companies where obviously you don't have a personal relationship with them, but you feel like you do. I think of like even insurance companies, if you think of progressive with flow, they try to create like, yeah. oh, you know us or or Jake from State Farm, right? You you want to create a, a little bit of a personal piece there to make them feel like feel like they know you. Yep. And that's basically brand. That's where brand comes in. So I'll give you another example. Glossier, they're a makeup brand and they're skin first, makeup second, which is like the opposite of most makeup brands. And uh-huh. you can really tell how good their brand strategy is by seeing the products that they make. Like because they have their priorities straight, there are certain products they're not going to make and their customers don't expect that of them as well. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to expect some super heavy coverage makeup from Glossy because that's not their thing. I'm not going to get mad at that because I know that's not part of their brand. So when you have that strategy and you have that really strong brand affiliation, people will join your brand. That's something that Marty Neumeyer will talk about. Like people will join your brand and they'll be like, I'm team Apple or I'm team Nike or I'm a Glossier girl, you know, those kinds of things. Like that's the ideal goal of a brand is for people to really feel an affinity towards it and to feel, you know, it's the way that you give your business a personality and not just another shoe company, right? It's the difference between your product becoming a commodity and therefore people buying it just based off of price versus having that brand and you can mark up the price two times, three times, 10 times if you wanted to, and people will still buy it because they're buying into an idea. Yeah. And I think that that all starts with your first impression, you know, like the very first time that they, they learn about you or see you. And for some people that's going to be the website. And that's why copywriting is so important. I I, I assume um, you're nodding your head, so <laughs> so it looks like you agree. Um, or or whether that's LinkedIn or or wherever. So really, it's just about creating that coherent brand, that target audience, and then creating copy and content that matches that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You want to start with the brand, and that will help inform your copy, your content strategy, even down to the products and the people that you hire. Like Once you have that foundation, a lot of those questions that come up inevitably with any business will be answered. Okay, cool. I have a little bit more of like a industry-wide question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see the current state of the market for copywriters or people that are in that copywriting industry? I think there's a lot of demand, honestly. Now with like content marketing continually becoming more and more important people need people that can write really good copy like there are freelance copywriters are doing really well for themselves seo copywriting like there's so many different subspecialties of it there are copywriters that work with web developers because most web developers are not copywriters so -hmm. they reach out to those copywriters to help them to create the words on the page that will help the website do well so there's definitely a lot of demand it's just a matter of like how you present yourself you know what i mean it's kind of like the same thing that you can run into with products that businesses want to stay away from which is becoming a commodity you Mm -hmm. don't want it you don't want to find yourself in a position where 
you are charging per the word and it's like bottom dollar price because the, the only thing that you can compete on is price. You definitely want to position yourself as someone that understands brand and strategy and can achieve concrete results for business through your copy. That's super important no matter what industry that you're in to prevent yourself from becoming a commodity is to infuse your service with that brand and talk about the results that you bring. I love that. And I think that that's valuable advice for almost anybody in any industry. Yeah. Find a way to not be a commodity, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So on the same line, if I was a business or maybe I'm a content marketing manager or a marketing manager at a business and I'm looking to hire a copywriter, obviously I'd, I'd love to go to you, but where do you start? Like, what do you look for? What questions should you ask when you're looking for a copywriter? Definitely look at the work that they have, their portfolio, what they've done in the past, but also just get to know their process. It's different for everyone. Ask them about what kind of research they do before they write anything, like what kind of strategy, how do they take into consideration the current brand strategy and what is the goal of the copy, right? You know what I mean? Like copy generally has some kind of call to action Mm -hmm. within it, like every page on your website should have something at the end, like join a newsletter or just even if it's just to build your brand, just understanding their place in the overall marketing strategy of that business. Yeah, I think that's really good. And once again, that's applicable advice to just about anything. If you're looking for a web developer or blog writer or whatever it is, get to know the process and and get to know the data behind it. Because too much, I think, you just buy the product and a, a finished website can be good or bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a finished copy or, or a blog post or whatever it is. And so if you're just looking to buy a website or, or buy a blog post, eh, the real question is, what is that blog post or that website going to do for me and for my business? What results is it going to drive? Yep. And, and really finding someone who has that strategy behind it. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. And having that yourself so that way when you go to these people you can give them like a clear direction on like this is where we see ourselves going and this is your place and the place of your work how that would fall into that overall goal Mm -hmm. and so do you see the relationship of a copywriter as kind of a continuous partnership or is it kind of like a you do the project you get paid and then and then you're gone i think it depends there's room for both so i know copywriters that just do websites, which is kind of like a one and done thing mm-hmm. until someone needs more pages. Like I myself, that's how I do it. I I develop the websites and I write the copy for it. So usually when that's done, the client business relationship is over. Whereas I know copywriters that will do ongoing content creation for their clients or they're hired and they work in an agency or in a SaaS company or BB company, for example, like they're in-house. So you see all kinds of things. It really depends on what your style is and what you want, where you see yourself. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So if you could go back, Abby, to when you were starting getting into marketing, getting into copywriting, is there anything that you would change or any advice you'd give yourself? I don't. That's a good question. I gotta think about that. I honestly feel like and this might sound cheesy, but like every part of my journey was meant to be. Do you know what I mean? Like every, th- like I accidentally stumbled into copywriting 
And then like, cause I had, right, I had the development experience. And when I started to learn copywriting, I thought of it as like, I wanted to be able to write my own blog and write that well. And then I remember I saw a post on LinkedIn, like if someone was looking for a web developer and, and copywriter like in one and everyone was like yeah good luck finding that and i'm just like huh. really like, is it that rare <laughs> <laughs> so i just actually i didn't think about putting it to use with my web development it was just something for me personally to help build my brand so i just kind of accidentally fell into that but it worked out super well for me because now i can do both and i have like full control over it mm-hmm. So no, I think everything happened for a reason. It was meant to be all of the, the good and the bad all happened for a reason. So I don't think I would change it, no. Yeah, I, I like that answer. Oftentimes I think of success and failure. And at the end of the day, even the failures are successes if you can learn from them, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of how you get back up. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you. I really appreciate having you on the show. Um, it's a new show, so you're one of the very first guests. Yes. <laughs> I'm super grateful that you were willing to jump on. Oftentimes with newer shows, it's harder to get some guests. But thank you for giving us a chance, and I appreciate the value you provided. No problem. Listen, one day I might find myself in your shoes as a new podcast trying to get guests, so I'm sowing good karma. <laughs> If you ever need any help, let me know. I'm This is my second podcast, so I can give you some tips and advice. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. Well, thanks, Abby. Have a good one. You too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Abby Wilson. The big takeaway that I got from that was just how powerful words are. Whether we're speaking on a podcast or in a social media video or the words that are on our website, really, that is how our customers get to know us. And that's going to be the first impression that they have of our brand or of our business. So definitely something to be thinking about. A big thanks to Abby for being the very first guest on TrustCast. And a big thanks to you for listening to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to TrustCast. This podcast has been a production of JMH Media. I'm Jacob Harmon, and I've been your host. The TrustCast podcast team consists of Josh Harmon and Steve Hill. I really couldn't do this without them. Music licensing comes thanks to Epidemic Sound. And if you've liked what you've heard, we invite you to subscribe to TrustCast in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help. Join us next time as we continue to break through the noise by building real human connections and trust in business. See you then.